0: Welcome to Leading Simple with Rusty George. Our goal is to make following Jesus and leading others a bit more simple. Here's your host, Rusty George.
1: Hey there, thanks for listening to Leading Simple where we are out to help the overwhelmed. My name is Rusty George, and I've been overwhelmed many times, specifically during the COVID season. And the big question I've had to wrestle with as a church leader is when do we move back inside? Do we wait until it's legal? Do we do it and stand our ground as followers of Jesus? Do we stay out for the betterment of our community? Do we move back in for the betterment of our community? These were questions that had no easy answer, and there was no church or pastor who had been through it before. We're all just guessing. And so I know those of you who are listening probably have some affiliation to some church, and you've had to wrestle with that question. Well, today, Brad Williams and I discuss why Real Life Church decided to move back inside and the factors weighing into that decision as we still wade through issues with COVID. I'd love to hear your questions for me. You can direct message me on Instagram at RustyLGeorge. L. George. Maybe next week, I'll tell you what the L stands for. Hey, GrowMentum is an incredible organization that's sponsoring our podcast today. They work with churches and organizations to help them take the next step in their growth and finding momentum. We have used GrowMentum for years and they've helped us move from just a church that's trying to gain attenders to a church with attenders who are now engaged and they have done an incredible job. I'm so glad that we found them and worked with them pre-COVID because it set us up to be able to not just survive, but thrive during this crazy season. And I know they would do the same for you. So check out the guys over there, Lee and Kay and Al. They're incredible and their incredible team will help you out. And especially at this season when church is so different and so unique now. It's never gonna be the same again, so what's it gonna be like? These guys can help you. You can find out more information about them and how to connect with them on the show notes. Well, here we go, my conversation with Brad Williams, my co-host, my good friend, my Laker fan, and we're gonna talk about big decisions in leadership. Hey, well, welcome back, everybody. We're joined with our favorite co-host, Brad Williams. Brad, welcome to the show. Glad to have you on, my friend.
0: I'm glad to be here, Rusty. Thank you for having me once again. This is one of my favorite things to do, so I'm glad I'm back.
1: Well, me too, man.
0: Yeah, how have you been?
1: I've been good. I've been good. We're recording this um, in the middle of April, and uh, we uh, just have completed Easter. We got our new series rolling, and one of your sons got baptized, man. That was really cool.
0: That was very cool. Christopher, uh, my son, he was... Very adamant on Easter about wanting to be baptized, and it was a wonderful thing. Uh, he got he got saved. He accepted Christ as his Lord and Savior at the beginning of the pandemic last year, and then to get baptized at the end or towards the end, it was just you know one of those things where you just go you know there's so much that happened that was challenging. Um, however it doesn't mean that there weren't several blessings in this weird season. And he was one of them. Mm. I was
1: thinking the other day about how for the rest of our lives, we'll define things as pre-COVID, post-COVID, or during COVID. And this is one of those great, I would consider it, post-COVID moments.
0: No, absolutely it was. Absolutely. And actually this leads me to the first question I want to ask, because one of the things that uh, my family was talking about was, you know, the church, uh, reopening. Mm. And, um, you know, when we walked into service, it just felt so good to be fellowshipping mm. with like-minded believers. Again, I underestimated mm. how much I missed, uh, how much we missed, uh, worshiping, just worshiping God together and getting that word together. Um, mm. and so just a quick question. First question is, um, why did you finally decide to open? And, you know, it was a long process. And what took so long?
1: That's a great question. Uh, I, I'll start off by echoing your comments. I was really taken back with how emotional I was mm. when we began to regather. Um, the first time we regathered, it was outside and it was our 20th anniversary. And I was pretty emotional that day. And then we um, survived the winter outside, which we can do here in California. <laughs> yeah. But then meeting inside again, um, and I got the privilege of teaching at both the first Sunday in Valencia and the first Sunday inn in Simi. And uh, it was it was very, very moving, definitely. And then, of course, Easter was was so much fun. I think, uh, Brad, to answer your question and for all church leaders on this podcast, you know the dilemma we've been under over the past year, and that was when will we reopen? And I think that, you know, when we first shut things down back in March of 2020, we thought it would be a few weeks. We thought we'd be back by Easter, we were not. And then we did get to come back in June. And we had one Sunday, two Sundays, I think. And then we got shut down again as COVID numbers went up. Then the conversation quickly turned into, uh, why can't we? And it became a political thing. It became a freedom thing. It became a rights thing. And I'll be honest with you, I I wanted to meet again. Uh, I wanted to open the doors again. But um, the the one thing I kept processing, and I did, I read everything about the churches that decided to open, uh, about the um, uh, the people that decided to sue, um, you know, the state and those kind of things. And I, some of those people are my friends. I have no problem with what they did um, personally. And our elders, our group of our, our board of directors, we just felt like it was not in our best interest to meet yet and here's why i say that Uh, we have a a population of people that first of all is very diverse in political views and in the fear factor of covid Um, and we did a lot of surveys with our people and where some churches were pretty much all let's go we were not Mm -hmm. and we didn't feel like it was a good thing for our people And the second thing was because of the size of our congregations, we didn't want to put anybody at risk nor become a super spreader for our community. And, you know, Jesus gave us one command, which was to love others the way he's loved us. And so we felt like even though we could legally, we just didn't feel like we should, especially when we define church as a whole lot more than just meeting on a Sunday morning We were able to meet online, we were able to meet outside, and we were able to continue to be the hands and feet of Jesus in our community through all of the acts of service that our incredible congregations did while we weren't meeting. So, long story made short, we felt like we needed to wait, and it gave everybody time to get comfortable with masks, it gave people time to um, get vaccines and to feel like, okay, this was not a political thing, this was a process thing, and we just wanted to be good stewards of our community.
0: No, and that's, uh, it all makes, it makes sense. As I, one thing I thought about as you were talking was I've been studying the behaviors of God, like his attributes, mm. and uh, one of his main attributes, I think it was Exodus thirty-four six. I was reading, and Moses was describing the attributes of God and he started out with compassion. And you know, one thing I feel like you showed the church showed and how it was going through the process was compassion. Because compassionate is tricky. It really is um seeing the pain or seeing um what others are going through and then doing something about it. And a lot of times people are are compassionate as a reaction, hmm. but the church was in a situation where it had to show compassion, godly compassion, but proactively. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what I feel like we were doing, uh, the church was doing uh, through the whole process.
1: Yeah, I appreciate you saying that. I I, I tell everybody all the time, I mean, during this whole time, we've just been learning. None of us have been through this before. I mean, you look at uh, even what was coming out of the CDC and Dr. Fauci and other people Um, they would say one thing and then as research, you know, kind of proved itself, they'd have to retract or they'd have to change. There were so many moving parts and pieces. Um, yeah, you know, it wasn't an issue for us of, you know, like I said before, could we, it was a matter of should we. And Mm -hmm. so we knew that, yeah, we could go ahead and meet, we could fight city hall, so to speak. Um, but it just wouldn't be the, the right message to our community You know, we have uh, had a slogan at at our church for, well, for 20 years, and that is we wanted to be a church that unchurched people love to attend. Uh, We Mm want to help people that are far from God. And uh, most of them were not sitting at home counting down the minutes till they could have a chance to walk into a crowded room in a church. Um, they were praying that there weren't large gatherings (laughs) if they prayed, they were praying that people would not (laughs) gather in large groups because they were scared. I mean, uh, you walk around in the early days, you'd walk around Walmart or target and you'd see people masked up and gloves and staying in their car and relying only on Instacart or deliveries or pickups. And, um, there was a, a, true fear factor that happened out here in California that, didn't necessarily happen in other parts of the world. And then we had high, high numbers there for a while. And Mm -hmm. yeah, you you talk about compassion. We wanted to be compassionate to our frontline workers who were telling us, listen, we're out of beds. We don't have any room in our local hospitals. Uh, We're taxed and we are stretched to the max. So please don't create arenas where, where people uh, are going to be super spreaders. I remember early on, Brad, you might remember this. Um, It was actually right before Easter last year, Uh, so we're only a few weeks into COVID. We're in the middle of the lockdown, the quarantine, and myself and several other pastors planned a, let's all ask our churches to come out to a local university, College at the Canyon, in their cars, and we'll listen to a prayer service that our local radio station, KHTS, was going to air for us, and we could all be together but not be around each other. Mm -hmm. And our community freaked out. Um we started promoting it and uh our, people started, you know, blowing up the mayor's inbox who's a friend of mine and goes to real life and blowing up KHTS's mailbox and and they were mad that there would be a potential super spreader in our community and I just wow. thought wow if that's the case then we won't do it we'll just ask our people to drive around uh, cause they were fearful that we'd all get to COC and then decide, let's all get out of our cars and walk around and hug each other. So mm. we obviously didn't. Uh, but it was one of those, we don't know until you go through it. And now having been through one and I pray we never have to do another one. Uh, I think I'd, I'll know a little bit better as to how to do things next time.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a good point too. Like when you talk about, um, compassion it's more than just the church, you know, it's the community that's mm-hmm. you know, the whole community. Right. And so yeah. So I it's I had a coworker actually after we went on Easter and um I posted pictures of my son being baptized. Um, I had a coworker say, Thank you for posting those pictures. He at first said congratulations and he said, Hey, thank you. And I don't even know if he's going to goes to church um or where he is as as far as his relationship with the Lord is, but uh but he does follow me online and he said uh, I was telling my family that some churches are doing it right. Some churches are wearing masks hmm. and having service and being safe. And when you posted that online, we saw your son wearing his mask. We saw everybody in the facility wearing a mask, you know, except for the people singing. And I was told the people in my house, my family, look, <laughs> see, <laughs> you can do this the right way. And so, you know, it had an impact on on a co-worker of mine. So I could only imagine, you know, others who felt the same thing, saw the same thing when they see us doing things, not just opening up um, for the sake of opening up. Because, you know, everybody in this day and age is so untrusting of people's motives. Mm-hmm. So when churches spring open, a lot of people who don't haven't found and don't follow Christ are going, oh, they must have done that for personal reasons. They, they want to hurry up and, and benefit from all the people going to church. Yeah. Um, but when people far away from the Lord see us taking our time and see us doing things right, and see us going back and forth and, and really looking out for the community, it does go a long way.
1: Hey, we'll be back to the podcast in just a second, but I wanted to let you know that I get a chance to go out and speak on this book that I've written called After Amen once in a while. And we've got a few churches coming up. I'd love to see you. If you're a listener to the show and you happen to make it to one of these churches, I'd love to say hi. I'm gonna be at Joplin, Missouri, Indianapolis, Indiana, Kansas City, Missouri. You can direct message me on Instagram at Rusty L. George and find out the exact church and date and directions to get there. Would love to see you then. Now, back to the show
0: really looking out for the community. It does go a long way.
1: Yeah. And I was so proud of our of our leadership and our staff because they were very patient with us. Obviously, on a staff our size, you have people that are more, as we call them, green light. Hey, let's do this. And then some that were red light that are, hey, let's wait as long as possible. Um, so we just had to, we had to learn a lot, ask a lot of questions, ask for everybody's support in the decisions that we made. And our campus teams were incredible uh, just to, when we made the decision, okay, we're gonna go for it. Uh, they pulled it off in about two weeks time to get things up and running. And you think about it, your volunteer base has been pretty much dormant for a year. And now you have to basically re-enlist everybody, get them ready to roll, and now there's new safety protocols too. And, you know, by and large, people that have shown up on our campuses have just been very respectful of masks and social distancing and those kind of things. And at the time we're recording this, I think we're in the orange tier, which means we can be at 50% capacity, but we think that will even be better in the weeks to come. And they're talking about no restrictions by, by June. So let me ask you this, Brad, as we approach that, I was thinking about this the other day, do you think we'll ever get back to handshakes, high fives, hugs, mask free? Do you think, I mean, how long will it take for us to feel comfortable after all this is dying down?
0: i think I think it's going to take a while, and I think one of the things that that um, i I feel like it's good, there's some good, and there's some bad, but one of the good things i was I was at the habit I placed an order for my family, and I went to pick it up yep and I was talking i was it, it was packed, and there was a guy outside, yep. and me and him were standing there waiting to get inside. He was another dad, I could tell he had the dad yeah, and so you know uh we're talking, and he's going uh you know we connected or whatever, and then you know people like to talk to me. And, sometimes they tell me too much stuff but he was uh he was like hey you know i don't know where you stand politically or anything like that but um you know i don't believe in any of this COVID stuff but i am glad we're wearing masks and i'm glad we're doing all the hand sanitizing i'm glad um all that's going on i said oh that's very interesting why and he said um you know because nobody in my house has gotten sick like at all (laughs) like nothing he's like normally there's some stuff that goes around but there's nothing and i like that's a really good point i said i felt the same way I felt like whether you believe, you know, whether it's it's you know you're all into COVID and all you know fearful of that, or whether you don't believe it, the bottom line is, you know, for those of us with families, nobody got sick. Mm -hmm. And so I say that to say, um, I feel like we've learned a lot about how careless we used to be. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there was a TikTok post uh, asking, uh, "What?" what things did we do before COVID that we find disgusting now, right? And this one lady jumped on and she was like, I can't believe I stuck my fingers in a bowling ball <laughs> and then grabbed a pizza. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> like, you know what? Yeah, I'm like, you are dead right. Like, that's nasty. Yeah. And so, uh, so there are a lot of things that we're probably going to do a lot differently going forward. At the same time, people are really – I feel like they're we're, like, we're excited to gather again and to get back to hugging one another. But I feel like it's going to be more so uh, at the right time, the right place, the right people, people, you know, uh, strangers, I think, will keep their distance a little more. Hopefully, you know, stranger danger would be more of a real thing. <laughs> um, so, you know, yeah, I think it, I think we'll get back there. But I think there's some good change that is just going to stay with us.
1: Yeah, I definitely am looking forward to seeing people's faces again. You know, it's hard to smile, obviously, with a mask on, or know if somebody else is smiling. Um, but I, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think there's been some positive things out of this. The bowling ball, I haven't thought about that. I I mean, <laughs> we'll be watching TV and when all if I see like old shows where people are not social distancing, it's weird. Yeah. You know, to see people yeah. standing so close to each other or crowds and those kind of things. And man, people are antsy. I mean, we were out the other day and restaurants are packed as much as they can be. There's lines, there's, mm-hmm. you know, cars are everywhere and people are, they're, they're getting out there again. So it's coming, which is exciting, Yeah. Um, but certainly we learned, yeah. Uh, we learned a lot of things. So Brad, let me ask you, what have you learned about your faith through the COVID season? And I ask that because initially when we decided to close down, people said, well, you don't have any faith or else you would you know, be open, which is interesting to me because the people that said, okay, you're closing because of fear are the same people not getting vaccines because of fear. Right. So there, right. there is kind of a bit of a double standard there, uh, and vice versa. So what do you think we've learned about our faith during COVID season?
0: Well, hopefully all Christ followers have learned um, where they really stand as it pertains to their character versus the character of God. That's what I've learned. I've learned that the gap between my character and God's character is a lot bigger Hmm. than I thought that it was because there are certain attributes that are Christ-like. Like Like I said before, compassion, you know, there's mercy. Uh, Slow to anger is another one. And I found myself acting and behaving the opposite of that especially at the beginning of this thing. And so I realized, man, I can tell people I'm a Christ follower, I can say that I know God, but when I look at my own behaviors and I look at the behavior I'm supposed to be modeling, there's a huge gap. And during this season, I wanna work on closing that gap. I wanna be slow to anger, I wanna be merciful. Um, hmm. I want to be humble. You know, and I want to make sure God is really the God of my life, not my feelings, my emotions. And I realized that I really had me on the throne of my heart, not God. Mm -hmm. Like my God was me. If I felt a certain way, if I believed a certain way, if something upset me, I wouldn't defer to God. I would defer to how I felt during all the with the civil rights things happening, um, with all the pandemic fears. I was in the social media. I was constantly battling how I felt. And when I stopped and I said, hold on, how do you feel, God? Mm. I- I'm following you, not me. So let me get back into my word, the living word, and let me try to close the gap between the way I'm behaving and the way you want me to behave. Mm. You know, I dove deeper into um, self, uh, self-assessments and self-discovery, and that helped me. And then I, dro- I dove deeper into um, the under- understanding the character of God. And that really helped me close the gap.
1: And in the process, you became an Enneagram coach.
0: Yes, I did something. My my wife and my mom got together. They spent uh, a whole lot of money on getting me into this program. And one of the things that I accomplished during this time was becoming an official Enneagram coach. And this is something it's self-awareness. It's really all about self-awareness. And And initially it was for business purposes, because the last two companies that I work with, um i introduced it to them and i helped their executive team become more self aware of themselves and of one another and it had huge benefits mm. and so i said well let me get certified so i can continue to help at work when people get onboarded and help our team become a healthy organization then i realized no god meant this for that but more so he meant this for me to help me be the best healthiest me mm. to be the me that god wants me to be
1: man, that is just like a two, you know, <laughs> always helping people. Uh, that's you.
0: Yeah. Hey, hey, smoking like I a true six. I love that.
1: That's right. You know? That's right.
0: I, I'm part of your <laughs> tribe. we the
1: motive behind everybody. <laughs> oh man, that's great. I love that idea, Brad, of uh, understanding the, the gap between my character and God's character. And I, I'm afraid what COVID did to us is it revealed what it revealed how we all think outrage is another fruit of the spirit, right? Because we all got pretty worked up about something over the last year. It doesn't mean it was wrong, but I mean, I, I am guilty as I saw a lot of others of being a lot more vocal about, you know, political issues Mm -hmm. and vaccines than we've ever been about sharing our faith. Yeah. So hopefully this has been a reminder for us of what matters most and I just want to say, I just want to give this word of encouragement. Listen, um, as fearful as we may have been at a loss of livelihood and a loss of freedom and those kind of things, the gospel never loses. That's right. And even in the most difficult circumstances, it continues to advance. And so that's just what I love about what we do find in unity, Brad, and we get to celebrate now by being together. Is that we're on the winning team, and we get to celebrate the love of God, and it's a it's a win that uh, welcomes everyone to join us. So uh, grateful for your support through this, my friend.
0: Oh no, grateful for you, grateful for the church, the body of Christ. You know, a lot of people are throwing stones, you know, at what we could have done better or differently, you know, as Christians or as a church. But um, there's a lot of good that a lot of churches have done. I feel like real life church is one of those churches that did a lot. I know it did a lot for me and my family. So I appreciate
1: it. I appreciate that. All right. Well, we will be back next week with brand new episode, brand new content, Brad, a couple things that are pretty exciting. One, we're going to have John Burke back on the show. He was on last week and he's going to be talking more about the afterlife and answering your questions. So if you haven't sent in your question, please do that. You can, uh, direct message me on Instagram at rusty l george, or you can email me directly at r george at realactchurch.org Yes, use both the Ls, as everybody wants to know. Uh, and the other thing, Brad, I don't know if you know this or not, but we are approaching our one millionth download. What? Can you believe that?
0: Wow, A million?
1: Yeah, oh, that's one stuff. million downloads. So, and, and it goes without saying, it's the episodes that you're on where it really begins to trend now. So I, I didn't want to Yeah, that. I know. You hate to, but, you know. <laughs> I like to look at the analytics. Sometimes you just got to speak the truth. Um, <laughs> but seriously, friends, thank you so much for your support of the show and sharing it. And uh, we're going to be doing some giveaways to honor and celebrate that one million download. downloads. So you can sign up for that on the website, PastorRustyGeorge.com. Brad, as always, thank you, and I'll talk to you soon. All right. Well, always love hanging out with Brad. Always love talking with Brad, man. He's just so, so great. And I, I think that you've probably got someone in your life that might need to hear this conversation about making difficult decisions when there doesn't seem to be an easy path. So make sure you share this with them. As always, subscribe to the podcast so it comes to you right away every uh, Wednesday when we drop a new episode. And for your questions, make sure that you let me know what you're wondering about. You can direct message me on Instagram at Rusty L. George. Well, looking forward to next week. We will see you then.
0: Take a moment and subscribe to the podcast so you'll get it delivered every week. And subscribe to the Rusty George YouTube channel for more devotionals, messages, and fun videos. Thank you for listening to Leading Simple.